reading is Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. And it's Harvest Sunday this morning, and we're going to be thinking about this theme of caring for creation. And the video that we've just watched is from 2007. And we've heard David Attenborough say that within the next decade or so, we're likely to reach several tipping points, beyond which it's going to be very difficult to recover. We've witnessed the loss of species, the problem of cities, and waste that are all contributing towards the destruction of our beautiful planet. David Attenborough also says we need wisdom to find the solution and then the courage to back it. And wouldn't it be great if we as the church were at the forefront of this mission to restore a healthy planet for everyone? And we have just one world, we have just one chance to make a difference so that the next generations that follow on from us will have a planet that is livable. And I do believe that it's all of our responsibility to take care of God's creation and that together we can make a difference. So why should we care about creation? Well, I'm going to think about three reasons this morning. Firstly, our love for God. Secondly, our love for others. And thirdly, our hope for the future. So if we love God, then we will obey him and do what he asks of us. And he told us to take care of creation. He's given us this responsibility. And Psalm 8, um, as Leslie beautifully read out for us, begins, Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And isn't God amazing? The work of his hands is just awesome. And we represent God well when we both love him and his creation. And I believe that we're called to be good stewards of what God has given us. And you see, we wouldn't want guests to come round our house and just make a big mess and maybe break things and leave things in a much worse state than they found it. And last summer, um, I kind of rented out my room on a website called Airbnb. I had different guests come in for for different periods of time. And I'd actually just had a brand new carpet put in that room. 
Um, my dad helped decorate it, and it was all looking really lovely. And I said to the guests, um, I really appreciate it if you could you're very welcome to eat in the kitchen, the lounge, or the balcony. But um, obviously, when I was out one day, one of my guests decided not to do that and somehow managed to pour, I think, an entire tub of guacamole like across about a one-meter stretch of this carpet. Um, and then she actually left a day early without saying anything about it. Um, and obviously, I felt a little bit um, upset uh, about that situation. Um, and I do believe God doesn't want us to treat his world and our world in that way. He wants us to take good care of it because we only have one world. And when we disrespect the creation around us, we're actually disrespecting our creator as well. If you've got your Bibles open, verse 3 and 4 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And isn't it amazing that God decided to make us humans, that he notices us, he takes care of us. And his greatness does not mean that he's distant, but it actually means quite the opposite that he cares about his creation and he cares even about the little details of our lives. So will we love him and take care of his creation in return? So we should take care of God's creation because we love him. And the second reason we should take care of God's creation is because we're called to love others. And this is inclusive of people, animals, and the whole of creation, really. And obviously, the devastating effects of climate change around the world is sadly often impacts the poorest that um, are most affected by this. And apparently, Afghanistan is seen to be one of the worst affected nations, whereby, as if they didn't already have enough to deal with over there, uh, drought has worsened hunger and poverty. Rising sea levels in Bangladesh is causing people to lose both their land and their homes. And over the last 50 years, increasing temperatures and droughts in Chad have caused 90% uh, of their country's largest lake to disappear. Kenya's experienced the worst drought in four decades, and much of the Horn of Africa has been affected by this. And I'm sure we've all seen um, the floods in Pakistan that hit this summer that apparently are the worst floods in over a century. And we here today, we are the rich in this world. And we often have more power to bring change and more freedom of choice in terms of how do we spend our money and our time and our resources. So if we really love our neighbor, both locally and overseas, I think we would want to do our part to see that creation is respected and well cared for. As we carry on with the psalm, verse 5 says, You have made them a little lower than their angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. 
And we can see a contrast here when we think back to Genesis. Um, we see that man was made from the dust. But God actually takes humans, he elevates them, and he gives us this position to be stewards over creation. So Genesis 1.26 states, Then God says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, over all creatures that move along the ground. And that word, rule over, it's actually better translated to mean that we actually share in caring of God's creation, or to be with God in the caring for creation. And yes, we have dominion over creation, but it's in the way that God has dominion. And God is saying something wonderful here. He's saying that you share with me in the work of my hands. There's a sense that we actually get to share in a bit of the character and the work of God himself. And in Genesis 2, we see that Adam, he then gets to name the animals. And in doing so, he really recognizes their identity And like Adam, we get to be co-creators, to partner with God in caring for creation. And it's not that God is kind of just giving us orders and saying, you have to do this, but he's actually inviting us to partner with him in, in relationship that together we look after his world. And also one of my kind of personal reasons for really wanting to take care of the environment um, it's so people can see in my attitude that I'm someone that does care about creation. And it's not so much that I necessarily believe that me, as just one person, I'm going to make a big difference through whether it's you know, recycling or, or buying eco products or trying to walk a bit more or whatever it might be. But it's that I would like people to see that my attitude is hopefully a positive one, that I'm trying to have you know, a positive contribution to the world. And I am aware as well that SML do have a real heart for the environment, and we have recently been awarded um, the Silver Award for the Environment. So I just want to encourage us that we are kind of making steps forward in that, and as I'm sure lots of us are here today. But there is also a sense, I think, as, as we saw in the video, that you know, we do also need to repent of, of the times that we've mistreated God's beautiful world, and the times that we haven't loved him and loved others, perhaps, as we should, And I think in that repenting, there must also be a change. And we do, all of us, need to think carefully about what footprints we are leaving behind on the earth. But my third point is that we can have hope for the future. So hopefully it gets a bit more positive for us. Um, You know, we serve an amazing God, and because of that, we can have hope. And we must desire to see a better world for generations to come. See, if we just have an attitude that says, well, China are just destroying the planet anyway, or what difference can I make as one person, I just want to challenge us, well, what kind of signal, what message does that put across to our friends, our family, our colleagues that perhaps don't yet know God? It's not really portraying a message of of hope for, for the future or that there could be change. And the great thing is that God is doing something new and that he is for us he's for his planet and we can trust him to give us that wisdom that courage that David Attenborough was talking about that courage to make changes even when it's hard 
And ultimately, God is reconciling everything to himself, and he's not giving up on his world. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 19, it says that God reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, God is at work, and he's also bringing reconciliation to both one another and the world around us. And as we look to the news, perhaps lots of the world can feel a bit hopeless at the moment, but we pray, deliver us from evil. But the thing is, we actually can be, to some extent, the fulfillment of our own prayers here. You know, we can do all that we can to care for the world, to be, bring that ministry of reconciliation and to seek that deliverance from evil. Often, as I'm driving around, um, I'm also praying, on whether it's on my way to work or, or whatever I'm doing, and um, there was a time when I saw um, just a load of rubbish kind of spilled onto the pavement, and I just prayed, oh God, help people to be more responsible with their rubbish and help people to get past on the pavement, okay. And I kind of got to the roundabout, and I sensed God kind of nudging me to say, well, you can do something about that. And actually, I got to the roundabout, I turned around, I came back and I cleared up all this rubbish. Um, And another time, this huge bin had blown into the road, and I just prayed, oh God, I pray that doesn't cause an accident, and I kind of drove past. And then I thought, actually, I can do something about that. So I got out the car, pushed the bin up, and I just felt like quite often we pray and maybe just think, okay, God can bring the change. But actually, lots of the time, we can actually do something in answer to our own prayers. We can do something to kind of partner with God as we pray. So what next? Well, making significant changes will not be easy, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. And I do believe that the Christian life, it does require sacrifice if we are to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. And I do find this balance difficult, but clearly God is calling us to live our lives in such a way that's not just a matter of what's convenient for us, but actually it's a matter of discipleship. It's a matter of loving well and being people that give generously from our time, our resources, and who we are. And I'm definitely not perfect in this area, but I am trying to to grow, to be more aware of this. So I'd just like to share a few practical ideas for us today. So at the top of the list, not this isn't actually in any order, it just happens to be how it came on the slide, um, but you could bring your own mug along to church. Um, I'm not sure if the cups we use here do actually get recycled or not, but either way, it's using hundreds of pieces of cardboard on every week. Um, so that's one idea. You could perhaps cycle or walk or get the bus instead of driving. Um, Or if you do drive, perhaps offer a lift to someone else, kind of share the load. And we could also try and reduce the amount that we fly. You can also bring your recycling, including to church. Hopefully everyone knows the third Sunday of the month, you can recycle all sorts of things from crisp packets, toothpaste tubes, pens, blister packs. Just keep an eye out for that, um, as lots of things are recyclable. We can also plant trees, or if you can't physically plant a tree yourself, perhaps uh, 
financially give to an organization that is planting trees in a, a sustainable way. We can buy eco-friendly products. We can also think about the packaging we use. So something that I've done for a long time is I don't actually ever wrap people's birthday presents or Christmas presents or whatever, because again, it's just using trees essentially, but I'll try and use maybe a bag that gets recycled. I know I noticed Fee uses some kind of recyclable special paper when she wraps items, but sometimes it's just these little things that we can just think about, you know, the impact that that has on the earth. And there's also something called Ecosia, um, that's at the bottom left of the screen, and that's something that everyone can very easily do. It's a search engine, so Instead of just going onto Google and typing in whatever you might want to type, you can download a search engine. So if you type in Ecosia into your, your web browser, you can, instead of using Google, search using that, and they will just plant trees on your behalf. Chat to me more afterwards if you want to know anything more about that. Um, we can also think about buying more sustainably. Um, and there's different ways of doing this, but just as a couple of ideas, there's a shop in Poole called The Bare Necessities. There's also a shop in Westbourne called Armand & Co. And they commit to, to not using any single-use plastic. Um, and there's, we can also think about the way that we bank, the way that we store our money. There are more kind of ethical and eco-friendly banks um, around. We could also eat less meat, as that does generally cause more harm to the environment. And I've got just a couple of other thoughts, not on this slide as well. Um, one is about reducing waste. Um, a huge amount, we waste a huge amount of things in our culture here, um, in our society, sadly. Um, and one of the things that we waste a lot of is, is food. So I just want to encourage us, if you've got leftover food, try and maybe freeze it, get creative, turn things into smoothies or banana loaf. Don't just throw things away when they're starting to go bad. And someone also um, gave me the idea recently that, especially if you're a single person, if you fill up your kettle, which is, I think, one of you consumes a lot of electricity. Um, often there'll be like excess water in the top that's just kind of wasted each time. But if you buy a thermoflask, any excess water you could pour into that and then use it to keep your water hot for later. Um, something else that we don't need to throw away is old clothes. Even if they're completely fallen apart, I think if you take them to a charity shop, they can actually send them away to be, I don't know, whatever you do with clothes, somehow melting them down and making them into other things. Um, not great, science isn't my strong part, but they can be recycled. Don't throw them away. Um, and also, let's just share what we have. There's all sorts of things that I'm sure we have sitting in our own houses that we could share, whether that's a lawnmower or, or water sports equipment or a bike or just anything that we're not even perhaps using on a regular basis, just a way that not everyone needs to buy individual items. And finally, I'd like us just to think for a moment about how we live in our own homes. How do we use our homes to love others? For example, like, have you got any space available in your house that you could share with someone else? Especially as we do actually have quite a big housing crisis in the UK at the moment. Or if you own your own home, you could even look into the possibility of installing solar panels. So I'd like us um, just to spend a moment looking at that slide and thinking about those, those other options of reducing waste, sharing, and thinking about our homes. And maybe just 
take a moment just to kind of ask Holy Spirit, is there maybe one or two of those things that you might not already be doing that you might want to think about doing in, in the next few weeks or months? So in conclusion, let's care for our planet because we seek to love God and love people and have hope for the future. And I'd like to finish by just sharing a prayer from Justin Welby. He says, Lord, your ways are higher and wiser. Enable me to see things as you see them, to love people as you love them, and enter into your imagination for the world that you are reconciling to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.